Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mahita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergott. I have a special guest here for you today. He's the person that taught me everything I know about automation, a good friend of mine and an industry expert, Mr. Troy Donnelly. He's Vice President of Integration at Toyota Advanced Logistics. Welcome, Troy. Oh, thank you, Sherry, for having me. Well, I can't. I know this topic is top of mind for everybody, and today we're going to spend a little bit of time on automation and the trends you've seen and some of the technology you've seen. Um, certainly has been top of mind for a lot of years in material handling, but I think especially over the last two years, it's really exploded. So we're excited to hear more from you on that. Um, but I would like to start, just we like to have all of our listeners get to know our guests a little bit better. Um, and I always say nobody wakes up thinking that they're going to work in material handling, especially when they're in high school. Um, so how did you get started in this industry? Yeah, you know, like you said, when, when I got started, it, it was not cool. Uh, I, I will say that. Um, so I actually started a, as an intern. So, you know, kind of, I saw kind of early how things were connected. I, I started out at industrial engineering intern with a company called um, uh, P&H and they make overhead cranes and the H in P&H stands for Harnischweger. So I did that for a year or two and then I started doing, I uh, applied for a job with a company called HK Systems and the H there was the same company, Harnischweger. So they recognized that, hey, I, I'd worked for the overhead crane and HK Systems was the automated division. So I started doing computer simulation on automated, um, automated storage retrieval systems, automated guided vehicles, conveyor. And you know, I, I've been in the industry ever since. But that's how I got started. So you were doing it way before it was cool. Now yes. <laughs> So you recently hosted Mahita's Automated Solutions Conference. I think that took place maybe just a month or so ago. What was your biggest takeaway from this event? You know, um, it's hard because it, it was a full day. And um, I think we had a, a, a lot of good speakers. We, we had uh, Mark Wolfrat give us uh, some, some excellent insights on kind of the, the macro trends, you know, driving, um, the material handling industry. We had a lot of customer perspectives. Uh, probably the biggest aspect I took out of it was that there's probably, I think just in general right now, there is more demand than supply when it comes to automation from a, from a customer perspective, um, from a general market perspective. You know, Mark Rolfrat referenced that, you know, he has clients right now that want to buy systems and the backlog is into 2026, which is just mind blowing that, you know, that that's how big the backlog is for, for a lot of these large systems. You know, it's been so interesting over, especially working in this space for, I think you've been in a little bit longer than me, but probably not much. No. Um, you know, it used to be to explain to people the industry and what we did, you had to give these, you know, long examples. But over, especially the last few months and maybe over the last two years, supply chain 
the word is always on television. They're constantly talking about uh, supply chain. And now I think people are really starting to grasp, that aren't in this space, really starting to grasp how supply chain dramatically can impact their life with everything that's going on now. So I was wondering if you could tell us what you believe some of the biggest market drivers impacting supply chain companies are today. You know, it you know the 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 tough one there is kind of a simple one is 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 labor. That um and you know a lot many times before you know automation was always viewed as a, a replacement of labor, you know, and, and and kind of villainized, if you will, that you know automation is taking jobs. Now it's it's almost survival that you know the labor shortages. Are, are making automation, um, instead of a, an ROI conversation, a business continuity conversation. That how are we going to, you know, fill our, our missions as companies if we don't automate? Um, so I think the, the, the labor challenges is probably one of the biggest drivers right now. Yeah, I would agree that conversation used to always be about saving on labor costs and now companies are willing to pay whatever they need to pay to get people in the door, um, but the people just aren't available. Yeah, right. I totally What would you say are the biggest technology advancements that are affecting <clears throat> supply chain and material handling these days? Um, you know, the biggest technology advancement, you know, at, at a very kind of minute level, I, I think is in vision systems, um, specifically, what the, a lot of the vision systems are doing um, tied in with a lot of the deep learning and AI kind of functionality is being able to handle much more variability in applications than they have before. Um, and, and, you know, the example I gave during the automation conference was, you know, you have Amazon Go where, you know, they're using vision to allow people to pick an item and walk out of the store and pay for it. 15 years ago, the vision was, oh, you know what, when we have RFID tags on every item, we'll be able to just pick up an item and, and walk out. Well, now you're doing that with vision. And it, it's much more robust platform because it's not requiring labeling and, and, and putting these different tags on it. Um, so from a, a one specific technology, I, I think the vision technology is, is advancing applications most, most significantly. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's better for the environment. It's less cost. It's, you know, there's a lot that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, you grew up on the system side of the business. I grew up on the forklift side of the business. And I think you've seen even being in automation as early as you were, there's been a lot of changes, especially, you know, probably over the last 20 years for sure, but definitely over the last few years. How have you seen the material handling industry itself? adapt to those changing market needs? Probably the biggest change I've seen in the last couple of years has been the productization of solutions. Um, you know, early on, it was always custom. You know, that every customer, every market had unique needs and, and, and solutions were customized to them. And they still are, you know, to, to a degree, but the biggest trend right now is more productized solutions. And, and for a lot of good reasons that benefit the customer, and that is shorter lead times, 
you know, more robust, mature platforms, um, things, things of that nature. So, you know, it, 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 it's interesting to see, again, more all-encompassing solutions being proposed. Do you think the material handling industry is adapting fast enough to the changes in the supply chain and market demands? No, no, no. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, and, and that's not a criticism of the industry. It's just a, a, a recognition of how fast it's moving, that um, it things are going so quickly that um, I think just about every company is just trying to keep up a, a, as best they can. So, you know, it, with that, you know, it's a, it's a great time to be in the industry. So yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, I've seen, I mean, there's been literally hundreds of small robotics companies that have popped up just within the United States over the last three to four years. Um, you know, so it is a good time to be in the space. I think there's a tremendous amount of innovation that's happening and um, people are trying to satisfy that need. But I would agree with you that the demand has changed <laughs> so fast that, you know, it wasn't that agile to meet those needs. I know this is a tricky question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyways. Um, you know, I always hate asking people to predict the future, um, but I think that in your position, you've seen a lot of new technologies that are probably in development that as a marketplace we haven't seen yet. So if you were to say, if you were to look at technology from an automation perspective over the next five to 10 years, what do you think some of the biggest advancements will be? The, you know, as I keyed on before, I think the, I think vision systems, automated picking um, will be common. You know, right now they're, they're kind of in their infancy. They're, they're, you know, people are starting to get into those. Um, the same thing with AMRs, you know, autonomous mobile robots, you know, in five to 10 years, they will be commonplace. The, um, you know, the inertia moving those two things forward um, is just incredible. That, and I think with autonomous mobile robots, you're going to see again, you know, robots moving autonomously, doing order fulfillment, doing a lot of the the order fulfillment tasks that we've traditionally seen manually because they had to be do, done manually because of the complexity. The the technology is going to be there to to handle them. Um, that autonomous mobile robots tied in with vision systems um, is probably the the leading technology and, and in five to ten years will, will be common. Do you think we're going to start to see more of the dark warehouses where it's warehouses or distribution centers that are pretty much fully automated with you know maybe one or two people in the facility or do you think that's a while off? The, the, the technology is there. Um, I don't think it's uh, it, it's not a matter of the technology. It's going to be more of the business model. Um, and you see a lot of companies approaching things in a different way. You know, you know, Kohl's as an as an example. You know, they're they're trying to to bring people back into the store for the experience uh, of shopping. And so. It, it's it's not a, it's the the limitation of a dark store or the limitation of a lights out facility is not going to be technology driven. 
it's going to be really based on what the business model for the company is. And, and if they want to do value-added services, thing, things of that nature, but doing just straight order fulfillment, um, having a lights-out facility five years e easily. That's interesting that you say that in terms of it maybe not changing because of the consumer experience and right. how they want to shop and if it's going to go back to you wanting to be in stores. Because, you know, even now when you think about e-commerce, I mean, e-commerce last Christmas only still made up about 20% of total retail sales, which blows my mind because I think I, I literally buy everything online. Yeah, you're the other, you're, 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 you're the 80%. You know, but I have a, a 10 year old daughter and she will ask to go to the store because she wants to see all the stuff and touch it. Whereas, you know, you don't get that experience just looking, you know, through a screen, you know, so I can definitely see that. Um, you know, we were talking before about how the material handling industry is adjusting to market demands. And I think a lot of material handling companies have had to adjust their own business models, you know, to maximize profits and to really meet those demands. What advice would you have for company, for material handling companies that are looking to expand their automation solutions? You know, the, you know, one of course is, is kind of do your research, but the, the biggest advice I would have is, you know, walk before you run. You know, don't try to, you know, bite off something too rapidly. You know, I, I mentioned how fast things are moving and the such, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the material handling company needs to move fast because the, 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 the biggest thing you need to get is exposure. And if it's with partnering or someone or whatever it may be, you know, I would just kind of say, you know, make continuous improvement kind of methodically. Um, and, and try to avoid the the big bang type of uh, approaches because you know they will likely be costly. Yeah, agreed. I think it sounds like this great space to be in, um, but I think right now it's really hard to find the right people to help you run that. And if you don't have that type of experience, you know you can fail pretty quickly unless it's really well thought out. Yep. Um, so I always like to take some time to to use our guest expertise and, and talk to our listeners um, about just some of the things that they've learned in their career. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to share with us, what's the most important lesson you would say you've learned over your career? You, you know, it's it, it's interesting because there's, a, you know, you, you kind of learn something every day and in different aspects. Um, I would say at, at my career stage now, you know, asking me that question, my biggest thing I've learned is that um, who you work for, your, your direct boss, is going to have the biggest impact on how much you enjoy your job. You know, I, I love our industry, um, you know, I, and I think because I enjoy it, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. But, you know, how much I enjoy my work has a direct correlation to to whom I'm working for, and, and not necessarily the company or the industry, things of that nature. So that would be, you know, the the biggest takeaway for me of uh, what I've what I've learned through the years. I totally agree. I think that's such a great 
point that, you know, it could be this fantastic, wonderful company, kind of Google-esque where they have right. sleep pods and things like that. Um, but if you don't get value or satisfaction from the person that you're working for with, it, it, dramatic, it doesn't matter what perks the company offers outside of that. Yeah, the, the, the ping pong can only keep you happy for so long. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, although Google does have heated toilet seats, which are amazing. So if anybody's yeah. looking to up their employee experience game, heated toilet seats might be your answer. <laughs> um, and, you know, we have a lot of people, there's a lot of different people who listen to this podcast, and some of them are just kind of starting out in this industry. Um, what advice would you have for those people that are new to this space and looking to grow within this industry? You know, I, I can empathize a lot with you know people starting out because people will say, well, do what you enjoy and, and, and all these things. And, and kind of their first response is, I don't know what I enjoy yet. You know, I'm, I'm just starting out. And, and, and I would say with that, get as much exposure to things as possible so that you do you know, are able to identify what you enjoy. Because you're, you're right, you're not going to be able to identify something you enjoy until you do it. So, um, you know, th that would be my, my biggest advice, is, is try to always kind of be learning and get exposure to different aspects of the business. And, and you know, over the course of some time, you're going to end up finding, you know, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed this part and I would like to, to go further in that area. So, the more more exposure, the better. Agreed. Agreed. Well, Troy, you have made it to our lightning round ah. part of the interview. Are you ready to play? So I'm going to ask you 10 questions. Okay. After each question, you have to just answer the first thought that comes into your head. We try to make these as appropriate as possible. They <laughs> okay. shouldn't be too challenging. Um, nor should they be too invasive. Are you okay. ready for a lightning round? I, I am All ready right. for lightning round. I like to start off easy. Um, what is the your most favorite trip you've ever taken? Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. What is the fastest speed you've ever driven a car? Uh, 120 miles an hour. If you could have a martini with any historical figure, who would you choose? Uh, Abraham Lincoln. What is your ideal temperature outside? 70. See, I think that should be the inside temperature, but my husband disagrees. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you were given the opportunity to fly into space, given today's technology, would you take it? Um, yes. It would terrify me. What's the name of the street you grew up on? Uh, High Street or High Avenue. What subject in school were you the worst at? Um, penmanship would would have definitely been there. Um, you know the the uh, the interesting thing I, I I would I would probably be a late bloomer because I think uh, I, like when I was in high school and the such, um, I really didn't do that well in math, which being an engineer really? is, is, is not a good uh, a, a good association. 
Uh, but but I rebounded. So I, I guess I would have to say uh, say math, but uh, but I rebounded. Yeah, there's still hope for my daughter then. Yeah. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you enjoy garlic? Garlic? Uh, six. If there was a hair in your soup at a restaurant, would you return it? Yes. Do you know all the words to the song Baby Shark? No. <laughs> your kids just missed that, I think, that Baby Shark play. Right. So I my good thing you said no, because my follow-up question was gonna make you sing it, but I'll <laughs> let you off. <laughs> I'll let you off easy on that one. Um well, thank you so much, Troy. That brings us to the end of our podcast today. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Um, not, you know, it, it, like I said before, it, it's just an exciting time to, to be in the industry. And, you know, while I said, you know, walk before you run, uh, you know, I would reinforce walk, you know, that, you know, when it comes to automation, you know, kind of uh, whether you like it or not, it, it's it's kind of going to be a big aspect in our industry, and it's something we have to embrace, something we have to move forward with. And you know, while it it's it's not something to be afraid of, it's just something that go into it eyes wide open. So it, again, it's a great time to be in the industry, and and it's a great time to to be engaging with automation. And, and I appreciate. Thank you for the. Uh, for the time today. No, thank you for being a part of Mahita Talks. And thank you to everyone that's listening. We'll see you next time.